0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of The Hollywood Podcast, covering the latest in film, TV, streaming, and social media. I'm your host, Max Geshwind. Stay tuned for today's episode. Well, Warren, thanks so much for taking the time to chat with me. Um, and I look forward to chatting with the other sound team once they get on shortly. But um, I wanted to start with, um, you know, if there was a particular scene or shot in the film that proved to be the most challenging for you um, to sound mix. I know that, I I believe that you were involved with the film actually the longest out of any of you three. So I'd love to get your sense of, um, you know, what proved to be the most challenging during this really long process.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, that is true. Um, David was on for the the entire shoot because he's the production sound mixer. So Mm -hmm. the length of the shoot uh, Bo was on for the mix portion, right. but yes, I was on longest. I started, I started building a library of sounds while they were shooting the film, uh, just and and began what was what turned out to be a very long research project about naval his World War II naval history. Right. Uh, so yeah. So I knew that I was going to be working in, on the film from when it was shooting, and in fact, when David comes on, he can say at some point the director was interested in having on the set a um a library of, of World War II sounds like sonar and alarms and water and waves that they could play for the actors on the set just to give the actors a little sense of similitude because in fact, they were on a docked ship in, uh, in Baton Rouge. You know, I mean, the whole, the entire environment of the, of the movie is created. So it was an idea that the director and David had to be playing these actors, these sounds. So that's when they're shooting so we go through all that and then they start then 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 the, the editors start editing the movie and i was working on rough cuts so yeah it's true i was on the movie got scheduled it was a little bit stop and start um, right. the, for a number of reasons a lot of vfx work but yeah i was in the movie for not maybe not quite a year but close right
0: close
2: close
3: to that
0: yeah Cheers, bro. Yeah, and there's Bo oh, right here. Hi, how hi, are you doing? Sorry, Beau? I'm late. Oh no, <laughs> no, no. no. We, we we started early. We just started oh, okay, a couple good. minutes ago. You're good. Yeah. Um, but I was just asking Warren, and I'd love to ask you the same question. Um, if there was a particular scene or shot
3: in the film that proved
0: to be the most challenging for you to sound mix,
3: um, you know that's a good question, and I don't think there really is any one particular moment because when we when we look at the soundscape of this movie. It really kind of starts right in the very beginning and it just doesn't stop until the end so one moment would always bleed into the next and and the the common thread there is always just momentum and tension right so while my hands are mostly on the sound effects you know i that's that's just one of the sonic ingredients we have all this crazy production dialogue of all these you know accurate naval commands repeated through radios and whatnot we have this unbelievable score by uh, Blake Neely and, and I, and, and, you know, within the music or the dialogue or the sound effects, there's some combination of the three that keeps the tension going. And that's what, you know, Warren and myself and Mike Minkler, that's what we were constantly trying to find on the mixing stage. Right. And, you know, you
0: mentioned, um, you know, these moments of tension, which kind of take up a vast majority of the 90 minutes. But Mm -hmm. when you approach a project like Greyhound, um, you know, I know that there are these very long extended action sequences with these explosions and, you know, the water crashing against the submarine and other submarines. Um, But do you find those moments to be sort of the most difficult, the ones with the most sound, or is it the more quieter moments that prove to be a bit more trickier, the silence?
3: Silence is always the toughest and, you know, not to say that action is easier. Um, It's all difficult. It's all, it's all a a delicate balancing act, but um, you know, in the case of like our, our sonar ping moments where, you know, you start with reality, but then you just start to blur the lines of reality of, you know, hearing sonar pings in a room where the sonar ping wouldn't be audible. But we don't, you know, we're using it more of a tension thread now. So those delicate moments are, are definitely very, very tricky.
0: Right. And Warren, did you have anything to add to that between capturing the quieter moments and the ones with kind of the most sound?
1: Sometimes I'm inclined when people ask me, uh, what kind of film is it, to not say that it's an action film, but to say that it's a character study. Mm-hmm. Because, it is, because it is what does... Tom Hanks what does Captain Krause go through for these few days right and and that's what's key so if if what's happening around him is a raucous battle with 75 different guns and sub that's great and that's telling the story of what he has to be with but I did find but those moments where we took the sound down and went into his head there are some moments where the camera pushes right in on him and what the composer Blake Neely did on those moments I personally love those moments. I, I don't know really what the film would be without it because it's not just a, it isn't an, at all just a bang them up action movie, you know?
0: Right. So if
1: what, if what we did, if what we accomplished which we tried to do with the sound was give it peaks and valleys so that we were always brought back to what it felt like for Tom, then, that, then we, that, we tried to.
0: Right. And David, I see you on. Thanks so much for coming on. Yeah. I appreciate it. No, uh, sorry for the. So I got delayed on. I got delayed on the other on the other uh, call. Oh no, you're good. And actually, my next question is for you because I read somewhere that you were all given access to the USS Kid during the production of the film, which I believe is the last working Fletcher class destroyer of today. How did that help you? Um, I guess we could start with you, David, and formulating the sound for those really perilous moments in the film, and how, how did that compare to filming? On the stages between the ship and the stages,
2: I, I think that being having access to the USS Kid, which is indeed a, a floating museum, and having uh being able to talk to the veterans who who serve on that vessel as uh docents and guides was it completely invaluable. When I when I took on this project, I knew nothing about World War II mm-hmm. naval ships, uh, particularly not the ones that uh, were part of the Battle of the Atlantic. And consequently, the time of the three or four days that I spent on the kid being able to walk around and understand the communication system and understand how the uh, hierarchy of relaying orders and where the various parts are on the boat really opened my eyes to uh, understanding what we would need to recreate once we got to our sets. And that was invaluable because the actors themselves were on the kid Doing boot camp, learning right. exact, exactly, you know, how to be sailors at wartime. And so for us to be able to translate that training with the information that, that I was able to gather from the veterans and studying the ship in, in, in real life meant we could translate that whole thing into a fully immersive uh, experience for the actors so that everything felt they felt the danger they 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 had the communications in you know between the different sets between each other on screen and off screen with all of the equipment from 1940s that we we brought in for the production. And I think that really, that, that really gave them a, a huge advantage um, to help impart the, the emotional content of this film to the audience. Mm-hmm.
0: And Boer, Warren, did either of you have anything to add about just having this access to the USS ships and creating the sound there?
1: I went uh, to the ship for one day, okay. after uh, uh, about a month after filming stopped. I just, I went by myself and I was given a tour of the ship by a few um, a wonderful group of veterans who had served on ships like this. Guys in their 80s, and uh, it was something I'll never forget. It was incredibly moving. And what I really wanted to know from them, because I, you know, I, I can research all the guns, I can research all the details and the mechanisms, but I wanted to know what it felt like. What does it feel like to shoot one of those guns? Only these guys know that. You know, the, the, we only have a few people left who know that. And so that was an incredible day. It was to me, one of the more memorable things I'll take from
0: having worked on this film. Mm -hmm.
3: And Bo, did you have, because I was the, uh, because I was the, uh, the last link in the chain, if you will. Yeah. um, I actually spent the entire time in a very comfortable, beautiful studio (laughs) overlooking the Hollywood (laughs) Hills. Got it. (laughs) Got it. But I bet that helped you in your
0: work, you know, being able to capture that authenticity, right. On,
3: I, I, I've done it on other films where yeah. we've, um, you know, and, and absolutely, um, you know, because sound is this emotion, you know, sound is this feeling. It's this it's this non tangible thing that we get to play with. So once you have spent some time on those ships and feel how claustrophobic it is and feel the rumble of the engines and feel the the waves crashing against, yeah, I, I do have the memories of, of visiting places like that. So it really does help and build the soundscape for sure.
0: Mm-hmm. I wanted to um, talk about um, you guys and, you know, working with Aaron Schneider, the director of the film. This is his first film, I think, in over a decade since Get Low, which is obviously nothing like this movie. Greyhound, what was it like working with Aaron Schneider, especially since this is sort of a project that he really hasn't done anything before? Mm-hmm.
2: Do you want me to go, guys? Yeah. Please.
3: Um,
2: the, the interesting thing about working with Aaron and uh, is that he was he was hyper prepared for, for this for this journey and he was you know almost a, a completely single mind about how he wanted everything to look and how he wanted the uh, the production to to, pre- to proceed scene by scene he came with 10,000 photographs of equipment and you know an, an absolute you know um, you know steel rail vision of of what would be permitted, you know, on set as far as the equipment was concerned, and and he was adamant that authenticity in all aspects uh, was 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 paramount. So that really created um, uh, a mandate for for me to be able to get hold of all of those pieces of equipment and modify them so that we could use them in in a, with modern day equipment, but by still maintaining, you know, the period look. And then one of the other things that he wanted to do, which was really quite, you know, quite difficult, he wanted to shoot two sets simultaneously. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that communication system and the splitting the camera crews, you know, and 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 with one with one sound mixer, you know, became it was quite a challenge to do both those sets and have all the communications and record the dialogue, you know, and to make sure that everything was <clears throat> was was you know, up to the standard that it, that it should have been. But I would say that his singular vision really drove a lot of the decision-making processes for all of the department heads. There really was not much license at all to go outside of the box of authenticity.
0: Right. And, um, you know, another challenge I would think during the film, and Warren, I'd love to ask you since you were the um, editor, um, was keeping up with the constant sonic momentum of the film with keeping the energy going, whether it was with the submarines or the, you know, explosions that were constantly going off throughout the 90 minutes. um, What sort of challenges were posed to you during that editing process and making sure that you always felt this momentum through the sound over the course of the film?
1: Yeah, I mean, that was our, we had maybe two mantras. One was to remain authentic. You know, don't, this isn't a Hollywood movie. This, this is a, a movie that has to feel authentic guns, et cetera. And one, the other one was momentum. I mean, we mm-hmm. have to see, we have to hear and feel what these men are going through this constant never ending um, uh, sleepless night journey. And so, yeah, so, so and, and so, yes, that became figuring out what sounds and, and, and what weaving of what sounds would continue that momentum throughout. Like, and, and uh, Bo, you speak about this very well, if you, you talk about weaving <laughs> a different thing. But, but uh, I will just say, before I turn it over to Bo that yeah, and, and, and what was really challenging and really fun to work on through the mix was finding, finding peaks and valleys. We never wanted this movie to be an onslaught, 90 minutes of just driving the audience back, right? right within the momentum there are chapters and beginnings and ends of, of each of each chapter and that was a lot of fun too because some of those are just sonically created and it was a lot of fun to work through find those as we work through it
0: right and Bo did you have anything to add to that
3: um I mean yeah I mean Warren's right and you know in the end we end up with just you know, an infinite amount of ingredients and options and different directions that we could take the sound. But at the end of the day, it's, it's the story. It's, it's the, it's the dialogue and it's, 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 it's uh, keeping the audience engaged and tracking the action. So they know that there's a torpedo in the water and they've got to steer away from it. They know that They've, they think they know where the submarine's going to end up. So we got to get there. And, you know, all those all those um, dialogue beats were just, you know, really important to keep that going as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, I know before I think this was before, David, you came on, um, but I asked you guys if there was a moment that was the mo- most challenging for you. Um, but is there a moment that was your personal favorite where when you go back to watch the movie, you hear a moment of your work that you're the most proud of? Um,
2: I, I think I can't, I can't distill it down to a moment, but I, th- but I will say this, and, and it, it's really not part of the recording. It was part of this communication system that, that was completely unique to any movie that I've ever done. And I think could probably completely unique to, a, to the majority of movies ever made was to, was to formulate this communication system that would allow the actors to act with someone who was either off screen on another set I mean in dis- over discrete channels over di- over different pieces of equipment whether it was a speaker coming at them or a telephone and every time I see you know Tom pick up the phone and he's talking to you know one of the other ships in the convoy and I know that there is an actor talking directly into his ear and that, that we're giving these, these guys, you know, everything that, that, that they could need to, 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 you know, to, to deliver the performances they did that that's what makes me very proud of this movie is, is that sort of uplifting and assistance that we were able to provide to the production as a whole and not only just the, just the audio recording on the day.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, you mentioned Tom, I'd love to know what it was like working with Tom Hanks and also Gary Getzman, the producer um, who obviously are both with Playtone. What was it like working with those guys on this film? Mm -hmm. i
2: have uh go go ahead warren oh uh, um
1: certainly david will speak more to working with tom than i did uh tom when we got deep into some post-production tom really left it in the hands of aaron and gary uh gary was kind of the overseeing producer who we worked with but i'll just say it's my second film with gary he's a force of nature Mm -hmm. uh he is fantastic and deeply experienced and the kind of producer I love where he really knows what we do. And so he can communicate to us what he wants very clearly and very specifically. And he is always has a great sense of the overview. I don't know. I can not say enough good things about him. He is, mm-hmm. He's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a leader. He's the kind of leader that you want when you're working in a movie that's
3: complicated. Yeah. The momentum definitely comes directly from Gary. I mean, the, the man does not slow down. Yeah, that's Right. <laughs>
0: right. Um, so you guys are representing the film this year at the Oscars as Greyhound's sole nominee, which, you know, I think it really shows, even though it didn't get a bunch of nominations, it shows that in a big way the Academy took notes specifically of the aspect of the sound in this movie, um, you know as opposed to other aspects, which obviously are just as great, but they really took note of the sound, which has to be feel pretty special. Um, Warren and David, this is your first nomination. So how does it feel for the first time? You know, you've been working for a long time in sound. How does it feel to finally um, get nominated the Oscars this year? What was it like? And um, Bo, is it just as special getting your second one this time around? Um, it's, it's, it's,
2: It's
1: very nice. I mean, it being, you know, when you're nominated, uh, you're nominated from the, the the body of sound editors. You know, it, it's the sound branch that nominates the sound the film, and so that's just really nice. You know, the people, many of the people in the sound branch, we we're all peers. A lot of us know each other. We respect each other's work. So it's just it it it, it feels nice to have friends of yours say, "Hey,
2: good work." You know? Right. Uh, yeah, I would I would say that it, it's very humbling to be to be nominated because. You know, the, the an Oscar nomination is the pinnacle of the awards season, and you know the the, the film has done very well. You know, we we have you know a BAFTA nomination, a CAS uh, award nomination as well, which is you know it, it's all it's all fantastic. But you know, the combined, uh, Bo will speak to this. But the combined category, and to be one of the the first nominees of, of the combined category, I think speaks volumes to the um, ability of uh, the various different departments of sound that, that work on a movie throughout throughout the arc of its, of its life from inception to finally being released. You know, the way it all came together, I, I'm really, really proud of that.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I will say um, the thing that's so special about being nominated this year is that this is the first year that they've combined formally two different sound um, categories into one. So if this film got nominated for best sound editing, then it would be Warren without David and I. And it, I think it's great that they've combined it. There's so much overlap in what we do now that, um, you know, we really empower each other on all these projects and all the nominees are, are the, the same way. I mean, it's it's great that they combine them because now it just highlights the sound team as opposed to you know, uh, uh, it, individual jobs or, you know, justifying what you do, but now, it now it's all of us. It's the, like we are, we are your sound team from Greyhound. And, and, uh, you know, I, we, and we, we represent even way more people. There's, you know, there's a, there's dozens and dozens of people that work with us on the music side, dialogue side, production side. Um, and so, yeah, we, we, we're, we're thrilled.
0: And, um, for my last question, Bo, you sort of answered it just now, but I'd love to get... Warren and David's thoughts on this too, because this is the first year the sound category is just one best sound. Do you feel that it's right honoring both mixing and editing through this one category? Because I know this has been sort of in the talks for a while combining it into one because for a lot of layman's that don't know too much about sound, they can't even tell the difference between what sound editing and sound mixing is. So that's why frequently I think at the Oscars you have the same movie like winning both. Categories because people just can't decipher between the two. So in that respect, do you think it was the smart move, the Oscars, to finally merge them together?
1: Yeah, there are some there are some mixed opinions among yeah. the song branch about this. I am 100% in favor of them okay. being mixed together. I want to be part of teams. Right, right. I got filmmaking. I want to be. I want to work with other people on teams. Bo and I work together literally hand in hand why mm-hmm. he recognized and he shouldn't doesn't make any sense to me we uh, david i wasn't physically in a place with but we were emailing yeah I, everything both said before about representing a team that's what i'm all about
0: personally right. yeah and david yeah. Did you have anything? well i just 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 to
2: agree with warren it's it's you know obviously being my first <clears throat> first nomination um you know I, i'm thrilled and i'm also thrilled that the production mixing is has been enveloped in when they included that, that one category. Cause I think, you know, I think it's really important to understand that we do work as a team. We, you know, when, when you reach a certain level, your, your obligation to be in contact with all of the other members of the, of the, the sound team, you know, right from the get-go is really important. Everybody, everybody needs to, to be on the same playing field and we all are. And the, 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 the product that we produced was fantastic.
0: Right. And with one less category, it makes the award show that much shorter, which <laughs> goes go. on for quite a long time. Hopefully <laughs> yeah, <it's>, <laughs> um,
2: they'll food this year. <laughs>
0: right. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks, guys, so much for taking the time to chat with me. I really appreciate it.
1: Thanks, Max. Have a great day. Thank you. Thanks,
0: <laughs> Have a good one. Thanks so much for tuning in. Please take a moment to subscribe to The Hollywood Podcast for free on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. Until next time, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Max Geshwind. Thanks for listening.